and a vase there that was worth 53 million pounds. Well, he was living on a very simple pension. And it's amazing, isn't it, how that guy could sit there in front of something of just such tremendous worth and have no idea how valuable it was. And when I think about the nativity story, I guess that's what is shocking to me. That God has come to this earth and he's there in a manger. But if you think about it, the whole world really, apart from the exception of a very few people, are absolutely oblivious to the fact that God has come. Almost the whole world, think outside of Bethlehem, think outside of Israel, think of the Roman Empire, think of China, think of the world. Not conscious that God has entered the creation. And we heard it in that Luke passage, that very well-known verse, where Mary gives birth and it says, they laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. Just nobody knew that's God, right? There's not a bed for him. There's no room for him. Nobody knew how precious this baby was. But do you know what I find even more amazing than the fact that God could enter his creation in such a humble and unassuming way? I find it amazing that Jesus grew up and lived this incredible life of love and truth and compassion. And yet after three years of public ministry, he was rejected and crucified. I find that even more amazing. Now the Gospel of John, one of the four Gospels, doesn't have a nativity story in it. John just seems to get right into the meat of the life of Jesus and get to the point of what the life of Jesus was about. And I want to read a few verses from the Gospel of John. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word is another name for Jesus. Jesus, uh, the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Okay? In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. The light is another name for Jesus. So that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. See what we're saying here? We're saying Jesus was born and the world did not recognize how precious Jesus was. But he goes on. He says, he came to that which was his own. That's this world. That's mankind. But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Jesus came and he came to a world that didn't welcome him. He's the maker of this world. He's the creator of this world. He loves this world. He came for us and yet we did not receive him. You see that very early in the nativity story. The wise men, the princes from the east came a little bit after the shepherds, a little bit after Jesus was born 
And they came, and on the way they met King Herod, and they told King Herod inadvertently about another king who was going to be born, and Herod was angry. And the nativity quickly ends in the story we're talking about because Mary and Joseph had to flee and go to Egypt to stop their son from being murdered. Jesus came to a hostile world. Jesus came to a dark world. You've heard there John speaking about this world as being a dark place. Jesus, who is a light, came into this world, and John describes this world as a place of darkness. Why is this world a place of darkness? I think this world is a place of darkness because it's full of evil. And I think this world is a place of darkness because there's not much hope in this world. I was out for a curry last night at Habib's. I live in Nepal, so I eat curry all the time, and I've come back home and I've had another curry. And it was very nice, 12.50, all you can eat. So you can just stuff your face. It was a good meal and a good catch-up with old friends. But we got talking about the news, and I've had this conversation with many people about just how bad the news is today. And one of my friends said, I just can't read it anymore. I read the headlines, but I can't read the news because the news just depresses me. I used to read the Metro in the morning, but he says, I can't do it anymore because it is so depressing. And that's the world that we live in. We know it. This world is full of war. It's full of hatred. It's full of murder. It's full of cruelty. It's full of abuse and tyranny and corruption. That's the world that we live in. But we don't even have to look outside of this room and we don't even have to read the news to see the evil in this world. We can look within this room. Some of you might be a bit offended by that, but all of us have a little bit of evil within us. All of us have a sinful nature. You might think that's a little bit, of, a little bit bold and rude of me to say. You might think you're a good person, but if I was able to stream your thoughts that you've had over this past week and put them on a screen for all of us to look at, what would those thoughts look like? Would they be full of goodness and love and kindness? Or what would, what's going through your mind? What do you do? What do you think about? Are we really all good? Or is there a side of us that is full of pride and selfishness and lust and self-pity and selfishness and bitterness and all that stuff that is not good in this world? All of us, if we're honest, we know that there's a part of us that is not right. All of us know there's a person that we want to be but we're not there. All of us recognize there's something wrong in our hearts. There's an anger, there's a hardness that we don't want to be there, but it is there. We want to be different, but there's, there's something in us that just predisposes us to, to do what we don't want to do. That's a sinful nature. There's evil out there, there's evil in this room, there's evil in all of us, and that's why this world is a dark place. That's why it's full of broken relationships and, and war and, and people manipulating one another and slandering one another and attacking one another and all that kind of stuff. It's because of us, because of all of us, because we have a fallen nature. There's a sinfulness in us, and that's why John says this world is a dark place. I think this world is also a dark place because there's so little hope in this world. I don't think there's anyone in this room who's not laid down at night and got in bed and, and thought, what is this life all about? I wanted to, to give in on life. I don't think there's anybody that's not 
heard their alarm ringing in the morning, whatever your alarm is, mine's the Sam, Samsung the standard alarm. I, I really hate that sound now. I don't like the sound of my alarm. I don't think there's any of us that haven't heard our alarm going and put our head up in the morning and just thought, I don't want to face another day. I want to carry on. I'm tired. I'm tired of life. All of us experience that in life. And yet all of us are desperate for hope. We want to hope. I think that's why we look forward to Christmas so much because winter's not necessarily an enjoyable time, but we can look forward to December when we have a little bit of a break and we get some gifts. We just want something to look forward to. That's why at work we're always talking about Friday. It's nearly Friday. Nearly Friday. It's nearly Christmas. It's nearly December. I'm going on holiday in a little bit. Just something to look forward to. But we know that Friday comes, but then Monday comes. And December comes, but then January comes. And the holiday comes, but there's clouds. We go to Spain for sun. And there's clouds when we go. And we get food poisoning. And the Thomas Cook Hotel is not great. And it disappoints us. And we know it disappoints us. And we know the things that we hope in and hope for are shallow. But we just want something to hope in. Because if we don't have hope, we can't carry on. We need hope. So we hope in whatever we can find to hope in. This world is a dark place because it's full of evil and it's not full of a lot of hope. But John said this world is a dark place and yet there is hope. There's hope because a light has come into this dark place. And that light is Jesus. And Jesus deals with the evil because he took on all the evil that this world had to offer and he overcame it. When he died on the cross, he took on the worst the world could throw at him. He took it on. And he died on our behalf, as we've seen on that video. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The punishment for sin is death. But the Bible also tells us that God desires that nobody should perish. God doesn't want us to bear the punishment of our own sin. So when he came and he died on that cross, what he did is he took the punishment for our sins. He died on our behalf because he doesn't want us to have to die. And when he rose again from the dead, he overcame death. So you no longer have to die. Yes, your body will die, but you can live eternally. That's why he came. To overcome sin and the evil and death by giving us eternal life. Now this world will always be full of evil and yet God's answer is to create a new world and that is the hope of the gospel and that's the promise of Jesus coming. It's not that he's going to restore this world, it's that he's going to create a new world and he's now redeeming, buying back a people to himself who can populate this new world where evil no longer exists. A place where there's no more suffering, no more pain, no more tears, a new creation where everything is right. So this world is a dark place, but Jesus comes as a light and says, look, I'm creating a new world. Do you want to come along? Do you want to be a part of this? Believe in me. And he makes that possible through his death. And he gives us hope, hope that can be a little bit more steadfast and robust than the other things we hope in and that is hope that this life is not all there is so rather than working hard to suck out of this life every little bit of happiness and pleasure we can find that really lets us down we don't have to strive anymore 
Because rather than trying to find happiness in this, in this world, we're looking to a world to come. And rather than trying to live for ourselves and make ourselves happy, it gives us a deeper purpose. And that deeper purpose is that life is not about us. And life is not about my happiness. But life is about following Jesus and living a life of sacrificial love. And when we're faced with difficulties and trials and we're tired and we're worn out and we're disappointed with life and we don't want to get up anymore, we're reminded that this is not our home. And this life is so short. But there is a world to come where everything that we hear about this world will be done away with. It won't be like this anymore. It will be perfect and it will be right and that is a sure hope. And that is a solid hope that there is a better world to come. And that's the light. The light that Jesus brings into an evil world. He says, I've overcome death. I've overcome evil. And he brings light. Strangely, John then goes on in chapter 3. He reminds us about what I've been telling you about. He reminds us that God came because he loves us. He says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish because he doesn't want us to die, but have everlasting life. But then he goes on and he tells us, sadly, in chapter 3, verse 19 to 21, he says, this is the condemnation on this world, that the light, that's Jesus, has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done by God. How incredible, how, how sad that Jesus comes as the light of the world into a dark place to bring light. But then he says that there are many people who love darkness more than light. They don't want to bow the knee. For the sake of petty pride, they won't bow the knee to Jesus. For the sake of their dark lives, they'll remain where they are, doing what they've always done rather than turning to Jesus because they love their darkness more than light. Why would you stay in darkness when there's the offer of light? It's a message of hope. Because in this world, we really need hope. And in these times, especially, as we said, you look at the news, we look at our own lives, you talk to your friends, you realize that people are struggling and we need hope. And what we want to encourage you with tonight is that there is light and there is hope and it's found in the gospel. And as Christians here, we're not, we're not crazy. We have this real, solid, genuine hope that makes sense of this life in a way that nothing else can. And we want to encourage you that God loves you. And light is available. All you've got to do is humble yourself, bow the knee, believe, accept it. And the offer is there of eternal life. As John says, you can be a child of God. Thanks for listening. We're going to finish with another carol. Joy to the world which is a reminder of the light, the hope that has come. And then I'll close in prayer. From 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. It says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. 
In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's the word tonight. That's the, the message of Christmas that Jesus came in love, but that he died to forgive you and to bring you out of the place of darkness and into a place of light, out of the darkness of, of all the hatred and mess of this world and into a life of love and fullness and an eternal life. I want to encourage you, if that's the first time you've heard that and you want to talk to somebody, please come and talk to me or Pastor Phil or a friend. And I want to encourage you too, maybe if you're a Christian and you've not been to church for a while, then maybe hear the word of God again to you. Maybe God might be saying to you, come out of where you've been, come out of darkness and walk again in the place of light. Let's, let's pray and then please enjoy a mince pie with us and a nice warm drink. Let's pray. Lord God, we, Lord, I, I want to finish by just saying thank you for coming. Thank you for coming for me and getting me out of that place of bitterness and unforgiveness and loneliness and emptiness and hardness and giving me light and hope. Thank you for the hope that this life is not all there is and this messy world is, is not, our, not our full home. Thank you for your love. Jesus, it, it's, it's not enough really to to speak these words, but we do just want to say thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being so patient and so loving. We pray that you'd speak your word to each of us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for coming. Please stay around. It is going to remain dark because we want to keep this ambience going. But we've come for...